You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to episode number 35 with Fran Dargaville. Fran is a degree qualified functional nutritionist with a passion for real food, gut health, and making healthy living fun and easy. Fran has a functional approach to nutrition, which means she identifies the root cause of the body's signs and symptoms to build a resilient body and ditch frustrating symptoms for life. How good does that sound? She works with clients one-on-one. She runs groups. She's also an amazing yoga teacher. She does everything online, but she's also based in Avalon in Sydney in the Northern Features. Fran, welcome to the Well Women podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I'm really excited today to jump into some juicy gut health topics. Um, But before we jump in, Tell us, what day of your cycle are you on and how are you feeling? So I'm on day 14 of my cycle and usually I think I would be feeling a bit more energized at this time of the month. Um, So this morning, because I was feeling a little tired and in a little bit of a funk, I went to the gym, did a little bit of meditation, went and jumped in the ocean as I know you like to do. Mm. And so now I'm feeling pretty good, pretty energized amazing you're like i'm back yep i'm back (laughs) exactly (laughs) how long is your cycle normally uh 28 days okay so you're like you're you're right in your peak pretty much population time yeah um i love this is it's totally not gut health topic but let's talk about that because i'm also at a i'm just a few days ahead of you and i think a lot of women feel that when they are in their ovulation they have to feel vibrant and they have to feel outward but I love that you were like, hang on, I don't really feel like that. So how can I best honor my body? Was that an easy easy process for you this morning? Um, No, it's funny because I think, you know, for example, like I had the energy to actually go to the gym, but it's, you know, a bit of a low mood and that kind of thing. So yeah, I think, I think that's just something I've learned to, you know, that just depending on what's going on in our lives and how busy we are and, you know, what we ate and how we slept the month before obviously has such an impact. So I just try and take it day by day and listen to my body day by day and, and, um, and work with it. And check in. I love it. You're checking totally. in with yourself. Yeah. So let's, you just mentioned how your body's feeling and some things that kind of contribute and some signs. Let's talk about gut health. This is like your, your area of like total expertise. I'm super excited Tell our listeners what it is that you do in a little bit more detail and how you got onto the journey of being a gut health expert. So what I do is functional nutrition. So as you mentioned before, it's basically identifying the root cause of the signs and symptoms of the body. So as we know, things like, you know, period pain or bloating or, uh, you know, acne or rashes or whatever it is, these are all messages from the body that something isn't quite right. And we need to identify what the root cause of that dysfunction is so that we can bring the body back into balance. And this has always been my approach from when I started as a nutritionist, but more and more I've found that the root cause for so many people is the gut and their digestive function. So that's why I have come to specialize in gut health because um, for so many of us, this really is the foundation of our health for all of us really, because, you know, we're concerned about 
the food we eat and, um, you know, we're trying to do our best to, to be healthy, but you could eat the best diet in the world. But if you're not digesting and absorbing those nutrients, then, you know, you're not going to be optimally healthy, I suppose. So that's why I think gut health is so important. And that's why I have this approach to nutrition. I love everything you just said, <laughs> especially like your body's a messenger. And, and I know that I've been on your podcast before, so we have a lot of very similar kind of like overlaps in the sense of we believe a lot of, Oh, Jesus threw my pen. We believe, <laughs> we believe a lot of the, through my pen and excitement. Um, we, we have a lot of the same beliefs and I think it's fascinating that, you know, it's all about getting to the root cause. And that's something that I love about the practice that you do. So with gut health, like what are the most common, I don't like to say normal, but common things that you see with the people that you work with and their gut health? Yeah. So, I mean, signs and symptoms, as I mentioned, of gut dysfunction can be really anything under the sun. So it could be, you know, period problems, hormonal issues, um, you know, skin issues, digestive issues, all of that kind of thing. Um, and in terms of what's actually going on, it's really different for each individual, which is why, you know, if you have some stubborn symptoms that aren't resolved by just improving your diet, I do like to do microbiome testing and that kind of thing, because, you know, there could be anything going on there. There could be, you know, yeast, there could be, um, you know, an imbalance of bacteria, there could be um, parasites or something like that. So um, if just doing the simple, you know, gut healing steps and eating lots of veggies and fresh food and, um, you know, improving your food quality doesn't, doesn't help, then it's helpful to do something like microbiome testing to find out what is actually going on. But for a lot of people, there are some basics that I see um, that are sort of, you know, out of whack or, or not right in terms of their digestion. So for a lot of people, um, there will be um, low stomach acid and that's really, you know, we, we eat our food and um, there's lots of different things that go on. You know, we need, to, we need to chew it. There's different enzymes that are produced along the way. But stomach acid plays such a massive role in breaking down our food, especially protein. Um, and also, you know, being our immune defense. So if you find you get sick all the time, this could be something that is going on for you as well. Um, and that can be quite a simple fix um, it, with, with supplementation and also just by taking things that can sort of stimulate that digestive function, um, bitter, bitters, bitter vegetables, um, things like apple cider vinegar as well. So that can be really helpful. And that's, that's something that I see with most of my clients is that low stomach acid and it can be quite confusing because you know we've seen all the gaviscon ads and that kind of thing and we've all been led to believe that we have probably got too much stomach acid and for most people just because of our stressful lives and uh you know the toxins that we're exposed to and all of that we just don't actually have enough stomach acid to break down the food that we're eating so it's really hard to get all those valuable nutrients out of our food um, so that's one thing that I see a lot. Another thing that I see that is massive, it's not so much about what you eat, but about how you eat. So, so many of us are eating in the stressed out state, you know, we'll grab a smoothie and we'll eat in the car on the way to work, or we're eating our lunch at work and we're just shoveling it down. And your body really needs to be in that rest and digest state to actually be able to digest and absorb those nutrients. 
But so many of us are in that fight or flight state for most of our di- most of our days. So our bodies don't actually get the opportunity at any point to um, to break down the food properly, and you know that whole digestive cascade is just thrown out of whack. So that is really quite a simple fix. And all you really need to do is, you know, sit down, maybe prepare your food and enjoy that process. Sit down, take a few deep breaths, put the phone away, put the computer away and just be present with your food and actually chew it as well. Because, um, you know, I grew up having two younger brothers that used to steal food off my plate. So I was always on a mission. Oh, you did. You can completely (laughs) understand. (laughs) Oh God. It's a stressful time, you know, when, when you've got to fight for your food. So, I mean, I just used to shovel my food down and no wonder I would get bloated and ended up with all these digestive issues because you can't digest properly if you're not in that rest and digest state. So that's really simple. Take a few deep breaths, chew your food. So we're talking 20 to 30 times each mouthful, which sounds like a lot and it is a lot if you're not used to it, but I mean... It makes such a huge difference and it's really simple, you know, no supplements required to to get into that parasympathetic or rest and digest state. Just breathe deeply and also chew your food. So you're producing those enzymes, you're starting that digestive cascade and these simple things can make a huge difference to your digestive function overall. So they're really two of the main things that I see that are pretty across the board so that Um, hypochlorhydria, low stomach acid, and being in that fight or flight state a lot of the time. So yeah, two of the main things there, but there are a whole bunch of other things as well that I do often see. I love that. I just had a story when you talked about your brother stealing. And this is the, this is where emotion comes into, which is a big part of what I teach around your emotional connection with your behavior around your health is that if you're used to fighting for your food and you're used to eating it so fast because you are eating out of fear of losing your food, which is a fear. Yeah. It's not a fear of being, you know, hit by a car. It's not a fear of, you know, a shark, you know, being with you in the water. Like it's still a fear. And I just, I have to share this story. It's so funny. (laughs) So there's me 18 months, my brother, another 18 months, my other brother. And then there's five years, my sister. Right. So my, um, my brothers and I were really cool. Like we're close in age, you know, three kids under four. And I'll never forget this one time that mum had made us, made us sandwiches and they were probably like, you know, five and seven or around that age. And I'm maybe like eight or nine and mum had like done the sandwiches and they're all on the bench and we're sitting down at our, uh, at our stools <laughs> and my brother, like one of my brothers comes over, picks up my sandwich, licks half of it <laughs> on the plate. And then my other brother comes over and starts like, <laughs> like full on coughing over the food and be like, see, you don't want it anymore because they wanted more food than me. And my brothers will probably never listen to this podcast episode. So I could openly say they were brats at the time. And um, so it put me into a fear of where I used to rush my food and eat really fast. And you're spot on with everything you mentioned. I see it a lot too. So Let's, um, let's dive into, I know you shared a couple of like little tips around um, balancing, like it's how you eat, not necessarily what you eat. So what are your core things that you see in your practice for women specifically, because this is really a focus at women, this podcast, but specifically for women in relation to how they feel hormonally in their bodies. 
So not just menstruation, but overall hormonally with their gut health. Like what are the links there? Yeah, definitely. So the gut plays a huge part in your hormones. So um, as as you all probably know who are listening, your your period and your menstrual cycle and those signs and symptoms are your monthly report cards. So that's really an indicator that something is going on with the body and that's something that we want to address. So the way I look at things, again, for most people, um, digestion and the gut is really fundamental to our overall health and same goes for, you know, hormonal dysfunction as well. So the metabolism of estrogen actually occurs in the in the gut to some extent there's some enzymes that are produced there and that is really crucial but other things that i see as well um people often aren't eating enough fats i think we're still in that really sort of fat phobic um society i think a lot of us are starting to yeah (laughs) i like that starting to you know, come around to the idea that fats are actually good for us. Um, But so many of us still have that really deep sort of fear of fat that is just ingrained. And I think we um, intuitively often stay away from it. And that's something I see a lot. So with people with hormonal dysfunction, of course, it's getting to the root cause and identifying what that is. But also I, I love to look at what someone's eating in a day. And are you having fats at each meal? And are you having a variety of fats? So our sex hormones are actually made from fats. So we need to actually be eating a variety of fats in order to be able to produce, produce those sex hormones. So not only that, you know, you need to eat those fats. So the variety of fats, you know, saturated fats, um, things like uh, coconut oil um, and, you know, butter and ghee. And with those things, we want them to be really good quality. If you can get local and grass-fed and cultured and all of that, that's awesome. Um, you know, things like fatty fish is great as well. And cold pressed oils like olive oil are all really, really awesome and going to be supportive. So that's part of it. So we need to be having the fats, but we also, again, as I said before, need to be digesting and absorbing those. So something I see a lot as well, when people start to, you know, adopt real food and start to eat this way is that, you know, they start eating all the fats and then maybe, they're actually not able to digest and absorb them. So it's about looking at those, looking at that as an individual um, and seeing what's going on for the individual. But things like, um, you know, beetroot can support that. Also for people that don't have a gallbladder as well, that can often lead to a lot of um, hormonal dysfunction too because, again, those people are not able to properly break down fats. So that can be easily sort of resolved through supplementation. But there's a lot of people out there who don't have a gallbladder who end up with, um, you know, hormonal issues and imbalances and other, you know, variety of symptoms and conditions as well. So there is really a huge link between Mm. our hormones and, um, you know, our our cycle and our the symptoms that we experience with that Um, and our gut. It's just, you know, how, how deep do you want to go with it? And it's, you know, it's all about the individual because we're not all the same and there's, you know, different things going on for each of us, but there, there's some really common things. They're like best friends, like two peas in a pod. And it's funny, like I probably shouldn't open this can of worms, but I like to think of the liver and the gut as, as like bananas in pajamas. Yeah. (laughs) That's the analogy that I give them because, you know, when one's off, the other one's like out of control, you know, bumping over and falling out and, um, the, the relationship between the gut and the liver is so, so important, but 
for everyone listening, the relationship with your hormones and your endocrine system and your gut health are like so closely linked. And let's just talk about hormones because I know that you are a functional nutritionist for a second. The body makes a lot of hormones. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned sex hormones earlier. I, f- I feel some women just recognize estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone as like, oh, these are the common hormones that we have, but the body makes like over 40 hormones. So tell us, friend, when it comes to the whole endocrine system, what are the main points of the endocrine system and how that you know is important for gut health? So you mentioned the gallbladder. Yeah. This is it's quite a big, uh, <laughs> big question. I guess there's a lot of things to think about in terms of our hormones. I guess one of the biggest things that comes to mind, again, especially when we're talking about gut health and digestive function and, um, you know, and periods and hormonal health would be in terms of, you know, cortisol and, and, and adrenaline and all of that, because again, that, fight or flight state that so many of us are in all the time can really affect the whole um, endocrine and hormonal cascade. So that's definitely a big one. And again, something that can be sort of addressed and regulated, you know, through quite simple things. Um, But there is, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. I like that you mentioned about the liver as well, because of course that's so important to, um, you know, something we don't often think about, but detoxify, um, you know, old hormones that could be circulating throughout the body and that can contribute to a lot of sort of hormonal dysfunction as well. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. So it's a massive rabbit hole to delve into, but yeah. (laughs) I love that. I was thinking like the adrenals when you mentioned it, but the thing that comes to my mind is just looking after your thyroid, looking after your adrenals on a daily basis. And like you said, they are quite simple, easy things to do. Like you mentioned earlier about just being present when you eat and breathing like that alone supports both of those glands. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think, um, you know, with things like the thyroid, of course, that's also really important to look at, but, um, in a lot of cases, I think we get really attached to these certain rabbit holes and we start focusing on the thyroid. But for example, if you're not digesting and absorbing the nutrients, that you're eating or, you know, your diet's not great, then just, you know, doing, focusing on the thyroid and going down that rabbit hole is not going to build those strong foundations. So I think it's really um, important not to get too caught in the weeds here and look at everything from a foundational perspective. Um, And yeah, thyroid health is super important, especially if you've got specific um, you know, hypothyroid, hypothyroid, that kind of thing, or um, Hashimoto's autoimmune condition, mm-hmm. super important. But in all of those cases, you really need to, you know, look at what you're eating, eat whole foods, eat good quality food and support your digestive function as well and your gut health. Yay. I love that. And you just mentioned autoimmune. So let's talk about leaky gut and the link with autoimmune, because I know I get so many questions having had leaky gut myself I get, I can't even, I don't, I don't want to say so many because there is like hundreds of questions I get about leaky gut. What is leaky gut? So leaky gut is basically when the lining of the gut over time, this can be caused by so many different things. It could be, you know, different medications, things like birth control um, and, you know, stress on the body, 
lots of alcohol, lots of sugar, lots of processed foods, basically anything that is causing stress on the body can contribute to leaky gut. And leaky gut is when the lining of our intestine basically becomes permeable. So it's supposed to be, you know, somewhat permeable, like in, in a selective way. So it can select what passes from the gut into um, into the bloodstream and throughout the body, basically. So it's supposed to be selective. It can choose what goes in and out. But basically, when the gut becomes leaky, basically those the tight junctions or you know the gatekeepers to the gut basically just become loose and leaky, and they can no longer um, control what stays in the gut and what passes into the bloodstream to the same extent. So things like um, you know undigested molecules and that kind of thing can pass through the lining of the intestines into the bloodstream, um, which we really don't want, of course. So this can basically leads to an immune attack. The, the immune system is basically trying to defend itself from these foreign invaders. Um, and, you know, again, that's when we have an autoimmune condition, that's also, you know, the body sees something as a foreign invader, um, depending on the autoimmune condition and is, you know, going after that and fighting that basically. So, you know, it's, it's not the same, but it's a similar sort of thing. But in terms of autoimmune, um, they found that all people basically, a, a study found that all people with an autoimmune condition also had leaky gut. So it looks like there is a definite link there. So again, we can get really scared and overwhelmed when we hear these kind of things like, oh, maybe we have a leaky gut, but it's great because there's plenty that you can do about it and it doesn't have to be scary and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's like, cool, I can see that this is something that could be going on in my body um, and there's plenty that, that you can do about it. I love that. And it can be overwhelming, can't it? Like the whole Dr. Google totally. <laughs> self-diagnosis, let's Wikipedia this. <laughs> um, you know, it's a rabbit hole that really leads you to China. AEK, the other side of the world. <laughs> and um, it only I feel instills more confusion and frustration and misguidance. So for those who are listening and may have leaky gut or know someone who has leaky gut, what are the, the foundational simple things that you would recommend to someone that they could do to help heal leaky gut? Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone listening, if they're not sure if they have a leaky gut, um, Basically, if you have, you know, any sign and symptom under the sun could be linked to this, as I said, autoimmune condition, skin conditions, if you have period problems, um, digestive issues, any of these things, um, not necessarily, but could be linked back to a leaky gut. So what you can do is so much, basically, the things that I discussed before, um, you know, getting into that rest and digest state can make a huge difference because um, instead of all those you know, the food making it to your stomach and it's not properly digested, the better we can, um, the more we can improve that whole digestive cascade, it's really going to help. So the rest and digest um, and also that improving the stomach acidity. So, you know, HCL supplementation, which you should definitely only do under the guidance of a practitioner or just the things like, you know, apple cider vinegar um, and the bitters can help as well. Um, so that's sort of the things to get though that digestive fire going um, and then also depending on your needs you know enzymes and um, you know other sort of supplementation to help you break down you know the other foods that you're eating as well can be beneficial 
but also things that are really simple, which we're always saying is, you know, having a variety of vegetables, having, you know, resistant starch and that kind of thing, you know, that's going to feed the good bacteria in, in your gut. Also things like, um, fermented foods so so sauerkraut beet kvass all of these things can be really great um, and we don't necessarily know exactly how they function in the gut but you know we we hope and they seem to be beneficial they in do something good bacteria <laughs> exactly so yeah we you know it doesn't seem like they actually make it to the gut lining intact but if you have things like sauerkraut again they're going to feed feed the good guys and support you know that balance of healthy microbes. So just eating a variety of vegetables, I think, again, we can get caught up in focusing on resistant starch, um, which is super beneficial for your, your gut bacteria. But if you just eat lots of veggies and eat a variety of veggies, then that's going to be really supportive. Um, so there's, there's those things. Um, and also, you know, again, the healthy fats is also supportive of your gut function as well. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot there, but I think we can keep it, keep it pretty simple in that slowing down to eat, um, focusing on food quality, eating a variety of food and definitely having lots of veggies, you know, lots of leafy greens and, um, you know, good quality starches, things like, um, you know, bananas and um, sweet potatoes and things like that. Um, these can all be really supportive of our gut mm. health. And fibre. If you're doing yes. all of that, you're getting good fiber and that's really important. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, you know, with the, um, the fiber and the resistant starch, that's really going to sweep the gut. But again, you know, if you eat lots of veggies, you don't need to probably don't need to think too much about it or you don't need to, you know, count how much fiber you're eating. If you're eating, you know, a few serves of veggies with each meal, then you're golden. <laughs> yeah. I could not agree more. I think people get so caught up in counting things or making sure they, they're getting enough when if you just keep it really simple, you'll be getting enough anyway. If every meal contains this, like you said. So totally. Yeah. Now I'm sure our listeners are thinking this question. You mentioned a few times about supplements and how supplementation can help with, you know, the stomach acidity balance with your gut health. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to supplements. There's, I feel like that opens another big can of worms. But let's just focus on, I think our listeners would love to know, what are the go-to um, nutrients? So the types of nutrients, whether it's like vitamin C or co um, coenzyme Q10, but the types of nutrients you yourself take on a daily basis. Okay. So the supplements I take on a daily basis um, at the moment, it always changes because I'm like my own little science experiment, basically. Um, things that I take all the time, I suppose, yeah, I guess not necessarily non-negotiables too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, not necessarily um, supplements, but for example, first thing every morning, I always get up and have a big glass of warm water and I put a little bit of like good quality salt there, like a Celtic salt or a Himalayan salt um, for those electrolytes and trace minerals. And again, most of us are very deficient in minerals. So that can be a really gr great, easy way. You know, you don't have to spend... Um, tons of money on a mineral supplement. You can just get it from a good quality salt. Um, and then I'll often put some lemon in there as well. And that warm, warm water as well helps stimulate the peristalsis. So it helps stimulate that whole digestive cascade. So that's a really simple thing. In terms of actual supplements, um, again, it changes all the time. The things that I take all the time um, for myself, 
not necessarily gut related, but again, everything's kind of related. Um, so I do so overall health, overall health. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I do have, um, a genetic SNP called MTHFR. Uh, so for that, I take methylated B vitamins. So that's something I take all the time. So that's thorn methyl guard. And it's just basically B vitamins in their active form. And I think a lot of people are taking a lot of multis and Bs um, and those B vitamins, you know, things like folic acid, for example, may not be in a great form that our body doesn't necessarily know how to metabolize them. So with these things, it's much better to, um, in a lot of cases, maybe not supplement at all, or make sure you're just getting really good quality ones. So yes, that's a big point. Yeah. Particularly with the bees, always look for the active active form. So you can probably just Google that for each specific B vitamin. Make sure you're getting good quality one. So um, methyl guard, that's something that I just take all the time. I feel, find it really just supports, you know, supports my mood, supports my energy levels. Um, I take zinc as well. So zinc is, you know, it's great for um, healthy skin, wound wound healing, immune support. Um, that's something I take all the time. Again, a good quality um, practitioner, great supplement. Um, and what is the other thing that I'm taking at the moment? Hmm. I've had a mental blank. So, um, <laughs> there's always loads of different things. So I've also just recently, again, been, um, supplementing with HCL, which I did mention. So that's, that's something that I take with meals to basically, you know, um, help break down my food and stimulate that, um, production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. So, um, and again, that's not something I would take all the time. I just take it with protein meals and I only take it when I feel that I need it. So I've been traveling over the last couple of months and I've had, you know, lots going on. So I find when I've been stressed that my digestion is not necessarily functioning optimally. So um, having these things to support my digestion really helps as well. So again, that's only sort of for a period of time when I feel that I need it. Um, yeah, so they're sort of the main things. And I do have things that I take on an as-needed basis. I actually also take supplements around my cycle and not necessarily all month long. So I'll often take magnesium for a few days um, before my cycle. And <clears throat> so magnesium and also um, like blackcurrant seed oil or evening primrose oil as well um, for the few days before, as in I'm just trying to simplify things because I've been down the rabbit hole of taking, you know, 20 different supplements at a time. And that's really not the end goal. That's something that's, you know, therapeutic on an as needed basis for a period of time, but we don't want to end it up. We don't want to end up just loaded up on supplements because, you know, if you can focus on getting it from food and just improving your digestion so that you can just take what you need on an as, as needed basis, um, you know, then you can go and spend your money on good quality food and that kind of thing instead. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all of that juiciness with us. Now we're nearly out of time. So I would love to go to you and ask you some final questions for our listeners when it comes to supporting your health nutritionally for your menstrual cycle. So all cycle long, what are three simple things that you would encourage women to do on a daily basis? Yeah. So on a daily basis, in terms of nutrition, definitely just eating lots of veggies and a wide variety of veggies. Uh, I think we can often get caught up in, um, you know, a bit of a rut and having the same veggies all the time. So just mix it up and also having lots of leafy greens as well for, um, you know, all that fiber to flush everything out, support your body's natural detoxification pathways. Um, 
And again, may not be necessarily um, exactly nutrition, but hydration as well is super important. So just drinking enough water so that warm glass of water first thing in the morning is going to be great. And then just making sure that you're having enough water all day long and just focusing on that. And then also um, those minerals as well can be super supportive. So there are so many different things I, I can say here, you know, you could go down the rabbit hole with fats, but that just keeps it really simple. So those trace minerals, again, from a good quality salt, I think a lot of us are still afraid of having salt because, you know, we all know table salt isn't good for us, but these, um, you know, like Celtic or Himalayan salt can be really supportive of our health as well. Amazing. Such juicy little tips. And they're so simple. I always say that often it's the things that are so simple to do that they're um, so simple not to do. <laughs> totally. So we forget to do them. Um, but they're such great little points. So thank you so much for sharing, Fran. I have a final question for you. Uh, with Think back to you at your younger menstruating self. What are three things you wish you knew as a newly menstruating woman that you wish you knew then, but you know now? Yeah, I think the things that I wish I knew is definitely that nutrition and, you know, stress reduction can actually make a difference in, you know, mm. symptoms and that kind of thing, because, you know, I've had experienced cramps a lot, especially when I was younger and, and all of that. And I think, you know, I didn't really know that that could play a part in it. I think at that period in time, we were all told to just, you know, go and take Nurofen and, and suck it up and get on with it, basically. Um, so definitely that. Um, and then also I think that it's okay to to be tired and to need to rest um, because, again, you know, you've got two brothers, I've got two brothers. I think I was always, you know, trying to keep up with them and basically keep up with the boys every day and, you know, do lots of sport and, and sailing and all that kind of thing. And, yeah, just to know at that time that it's okay to rest and not do all the things would have been really powerful. Um, yeah. And number three, I guess, I don't know. I think that kind of sums it up. Just listening to your body. As I said, um, I do these days, it's probably only the last couple of years that I've really been doing that, but um, just being aware and, and tapping into what your body needs in any, on in any given day and, and really listening to that instead of, um, you know, instead of not, which again, I think so many of us are used to. Mm, mm. Beautiful, Fran. Listening to your body is such an underrated thing and I harp on about it all the time. So I'm glad this is not me talking about this now. <laughs> it's coming from someone else. But Fran, thank you so much for joining us on the Well Woman Podcast. How can our listeners find you to learn more about what it is that you do, learn more about what you offer in gut health support, nutritional support? Yeah, absolutely. So probably the best place is on Instagram. So it's just my name, Fran Dargaville underscore nutritionist. Um, and also my website as well, which is frandargaville.com. Amazing. Well, I'm going to pop all of that in the show notes. So be sure to go over, check out Fran, what she offers, what she does and say hi and thank her for being on the podcast. Fran, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Mm, have an amazing day. I can't wait to have you back on the show. Maybe we'll talk about liver health in the future. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. 
Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 